being cut yeah. off and that sort of communication is is, is pleasant. Um, you know, you're not you're not you're not beholden to your phone in the same way that right. because you're away for that long, you're not beholden to work, and all of a sudden you have that freedom. Um, you know, despite the fact I've got to get to Kathmandu to catch a flight on the 16th of March. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome, everybody. To another great show. We've got a great guest lined up here today, and I'm super excited about it. So many people have been inspired by Jules Verne and his adventures uh, that he wrote, and especially around the world in 80 days. And our next guest has experienced some of that adventure, and his name is Nick Cooper. He describes himself as a baker, a dungeon master. We have that in common, uh, a trivia horror, self-described, and a terrible DIYer. Nick, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, delighted to be with you, Roger. I'm a little bit overwhelmed to be compared to Jules Verne. But, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> at, least, at least you got to experience that. So what is it that you crossed off your list? Uh, so it was circumnavigating the globe in 2011. Um, yeah. Two, 2011. Yeah, yes. I imagine. Yeah. So, so how the, the basic question is how long did it take you? A uh, little bit longer than 80 days. I don't think I was setting any records. It took right. me uh, about seven and a half months from oh my February gosh. 2011 to about yeah, just September 2011, I think it was. Yeah. So was there, what was the reason behind it? Was it, was it a gap year thing? Was it um, just that you wanted to go see the world before you settled down? What was, what was going through your head when you said, I'm going to go do this? I'm delighted you think it might have been a gap year because obviously I, I look a bit too old, I think, for, <laughs> for me to have been my gap year 10 years ago, oh, 11 years ago. Um, I, I didn't have a gap year when uh, I finished university or beforehand. Um, so I, I didn't have enough money fundamentally. Yeah, there, there were an, it linked into my bucket list more generally. There were a lot of things that I wanted to do in different countries around the globe. And so after I started work and I, I wasn't earning that much money, I, I figured a lot of the places I wanted to go to wouldn't be that expensive. If I worked for a few years, saved up a few pounds, I could, uh, A, tick off a number of things on my book at least sure. in the course of ticking off the big thing which was right circumnavigating the globe so, yeah 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 i love that idea of combining things together um i just went through that experience too where you're doing one thing and also uh checking other stuff off i think that's a, a great way to to financially to get things done especially if you're traveling yeah, yeah. so where did you start so i threw myself into the deep end i, I don't think I, I think I knew to an extent I was throwing myself into the deep end, but not quite how deep that deep end was. So I started in India in Delhi. Uh, okay. So I flew from uh, London straight to uh, India. I, I, initially, I was thinking about going to Europe, but I realized that my money wasn't going to stretch itself quite so far. And I'd already seen quite a bit of Europe anyway. Uh, so, yeah, straight into Delhi. Um, and I, I booked one night at a hostel. I didn't have any forward plans from there. I just knew that I had to leave India uh, via a land border to Nepal about six weeks later in order to catch a flight out of Kathmandu. Um, so yeah, straight into Delhi. That was an experience. Uh, it's yeah, pretty, I mean, it's 
I love India. I've been back since. I actually went on my honeymoon nice. uh, for a few days to Mumbai before we flew out to Mauritius. Um, but yeah, uh, straight into Delhi. It was it was cool. It was interesting. And did you work while you were doing this? So so you had seven weeks, or I think you said six or seven weeks between Delhi and getting to Kathmandu. Were you were you just walking that whole time? Were you traveling? Were you working? Just seeing stuff. What was your experience in between those places? Yeah. So two things. First off, as I say, whilst I didn't have a lot of money, I, I did have about two and a half years to save up and I was actually living with my parents at the time. So that was doable. Um, so I didn't want to work when I was away. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't subscribe to the notion that uh, work uh, makes you a better person. I hate work. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's agreed. you know, I just don't want to start. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I saved up enough. Uh, money which i roughly estimated would be enough to get me around without working i actually arrived back in the country with just enough train fare to get fare sorry to get me back from london to where i lived at the time i pretty much got it spot on although i was i was pretty poor when i was in the states uh for the final few weeks but um yeah so i I didn't work and in terms of what i was doing in india one of the things on my bucket list was to go and see the cricket world cup which was happening in oh wow and if you're gonna see the cricket world cup you you want to see it in india it's really crazy i mean they go you think you've seen a big sporting spectacle uh, you know somewhere in the uk or you know i don't know watching whatever it might be in the states but um yeah seeing uh cricket lovers in india and india won it that year which was the most amazing thing. oh wow uh, they went did they, crazy did they win against pakistan because i'm sure that was a, that would have been a- <laughs> they beat they, they beat pakistan in the semi-finals oh wow um, and i would say the celebrations for that were nearly as big if not bigger than those yeah, when they beat sri lanka in the final the, the, there were people throwing the lighting firecrackers in their hands throwing them into the road uh, I, I saw vehicles with near misses crashing into each other because they were avoiding these things uh, handing out free food the place was going absolutely nuts you know, interestingly enough actually I, I watched the pakistan india game at this house i got invited to this uh, this indian person's house oh, wow, of course nice. assumed that they would be supporting india they were indian um, but they were indian muslims and consequently actually they were supporting pakistan so pretty quickly i realized oh better uh, switch sides here before it gets a bit uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. They were really chill. They were really cool people. Um, very nice, very accommodating. But yeah, they were definitely pro-Pakistan. You you go on this trip, you have a certain amount of dollars, and you say you didn't plan each destination, or did you have a, some kind of idea of like when? I, so uh, what I did, and I suppose if people are considering doing this thing, this is something I do slightly differently. I, mm. I, I didn't, I I, I planned flights from one country to another uh, and booked them most of them anyway um but i didn't really plan what i was i I booked one day's accommodation in india for instance and then basically knew i had to get to Kathmandu to fly to thailand on a certain date and then basically i just figured out what i was going to do where i was going to go india i was a bit more scheduled because i had certain tickets for certain cricket matches but i was only going to three or four um, and then other than that, I was free to kind of uh, muck around where I wanted to. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I was semi-planned. But when I say I wouldn't recommend this, it's very easy and simple and often cheaper to book flights while you're in that country. And, and of course, much more flexible. Sure. You can suddenly decide, I want to do this or that. So, yeah. And you have more options of where you can get flights out of once you get there and kind of survey the exactly what's going yeah, yeah. on. Oh, the, the, the only thing perhaps would be 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only thing would be with India specifically. I remember when I was there, I read an article in the newspaper which said that there had been an investigation which had found that something like 30% of commercial airline pilots didn't actually have a commercial airline pilot license wow. uh, because of the, the explosion uh, in the middle class um, oh, that was right. happening, you know, from the 90s onwards. There was a huge increase in the amount of internal flights. Um, they didn't have the capacity for the pilots. So I'm kind of glad I booked the flights through a nice, reputable uh, English travel agent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody who used to fly a corn crop duster yeah. uh, <laughs> taking you, me to, to Yeah, which on. you would have had to, back in the early 90s, you would have had to use a, a travel agent. There wasn't <clears throat> as robust yeah. of a of a system online to be able to do that yourself i always tell young people i'm like you have the you have the whole world at your hands you absolutely can just go and uh, choose where you want to go and do it tomorrow we you know when yeah. you and i were younger we had to <clears throat> rely on a travel agent you know uh, some friends you, know, you had to make long distance phone calls that were expensive to do things and now it's just so simple um the yeah, world yeah. is so open and so small did you have like a specific um event or something on your bucket list like each of the places you went or was it just kind of random go and experience stuff there were in in quite a few countries there were specific things on my bucket list other places i suppose the country itself was a bucket list one reason or another i grew up watching a lot of you know travel documentaries and of course Mm. like david attenborough and michael palin uh, are big heroes globally i think these days were certainly in britain um, and, you know, they used to do amazing travel shows oh, yes. and in the case of Attenborough wildlife shows. So, like, for instance, uh, I wanted to get to Nepal because I wanted to, to see Everest. Mm. Um, I didn't. I knew I wasn't going to climb Everest. I'm too uh, paunchy for, for that kind of uh, <laughs> business. I, I wanted to eat fugu, uh, you know, the poisonous puffer fish in Japan. Uh, so I wanted to get there for that. But I wanted to go to Japan for other reasons. I, I hiked Fuji in Japan. Um, but I, ju- I just wanted to check out Japan because, I mean, it's, such, you know, it's one of the few... Uh, places that is you know f- fully economically developed which is not entirely consumed by western culture so right. that, that was one reason for wanting to go there but there were specific things i wanted to do there fuji and fugu um uh, hike a glacier i did that in new zealand uh, fox glacier i oh, wow. uh, i hiked up there uh, china i climbed the holy mountains of uh, hang shua they're mm. the ones you might have seen with the chains on vertical cliffs they don't actually let you go up those ones they just you take photos next to them because right. <laughs> they're going to kill yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah. that was amazing. So th- there were plenty of things that I definitely, I aimed at a lot of countries because there were interesting things that I wanted to, to, to see. And you came to the United States. What did you do here in the United States? Uh, that was uh, to attempt Burning Man. Um, so, and primarily, I mean, I, I wanted to go to the States for quite a while. I wanted to check out some of the national parks. Mm-hmm. I don't, it wasn't really feasible given the amount of time and money and the size of the States. To, yeah. to get to Yellowstone, um, but I I, go, I went to Zion, uh, which is pretty incredible, um, and uh, and yeah, to attend Burning Man. Yeah. Now, did you do this all alone? Because uh, like specifically, like Burning Man, you have to join a camp. There's there's things that you know it's it, people go yeah. alone, but usually you know you're meeting people or you have a group of people that you're hanging out with for the week. The, yeah. What was I mean, that experience I, I, like communally for you on this trip? Yeah, sure. So I, I was, you know, I, I was obviously traveling. I set out alone, but I, I expected and, and did meet people. And I, I suppose I kind of cycled through a set of friend groups. This, this is one of the reasons why I mentioned earlier that I think it's sensible not to book ahead of time because you can be more flexible. Because, mm. of course, I'd end up meeting a group of people 
oh, thinking, well, you guys are cool. I'm getting on with you. And then we'd have to part ways because I had to go and catch a flight from Hong Kong or something. Um, so, yeah, I, I met people in terms of Burning Man specifically. I mean, you don't have to join a camp. Um, right. And, and I, I, that was my first time. I've been subsequent times since. I was lucky that in India, I met somebody who was wow. uh, moving to New Zealand. I then met up again with them in New Zealand. I think they were kind of making sure that I was uh, chill enough. And then eventually he said, well, we have a camp. Do you want to come and camp with us? Uh, I think when I was in India, he said uh, he, he said something about Burning Man that was quite cryptic. I can't quite remember how he described it, but I, I clicked immediately. I was like, oh, you, you, you're a Burning. You go to Burning Man. Uh-huh. He said, yeah. And then uh, he didn't he didn't offer me a place until I met him again in New Zealand. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I was meeting a lot of people on the way around, meeting a lot of cool people. Um, that made it a lot easier, but you know, I mean, if you're, if you're traveling alone, you are going to meet like-minded people. It isn't going to be a problem. What is the status of your bucket list? Are you still wrapping your head around the purpose of having one? Are you struggling to write your list and don't know what to put on it? Or are you looking at your list wondering which item to cross off first? No matter where you are in your bucket list journey, I'm here to assist you in becoming the head crosser offer of your list. To learn how to work with me as your bucket list coach, Visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash coaching to find out all about the personalized and affordable coaching I offer to help you live out your list. Now back to the show. Sure. So you you met people, but this is, again, back in the 90s before the internet, before social media. Oh, no, this is 2011. 2011, excuse me, sorry. In 2011, so do you still keep in contact with those people today that you met? Was it? um easy for yeah, you I mean, to do that yeah i mean not all of them i mean i, I keep in sure. contact with quite a few i mean having gone uh, you know i don't want to drag this over to burning man too much but having been a few times since that's because i i met and, and clicked with a, a lot of people uh who were going who i camp with who, uh, who i subsequently camp with a lot of times but yeah there's plenty of people from other countries who i met uh, who I do still keep in contact with. I'll be honest with you, my, my social media presence is pretty limited. I do a job where I represent uh, people legally. I'm not a lawyer, but I represent them legally for a trade union. And we see our, our, our members getting in a lot of trouble on social oh, media, sure. so I tend to avoid it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't count WhatsApp as social media. And, you know, that makes exactly. it very easy to keep in contact with people these days. Right. So yeah, totally. Did you use that? What was the primary tool for communication when you were out there doing it? Was it WhatsApp? Was it had it around back then? I think it was. Well, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think. But I, either way, I, I was back on Facebook back then, so okay. I was using Facebook. Um, you know, that was interesting when I hit places like China because um, at the time China uh, it was in, Facebook was inaccessible in China. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a mobile phone with me. Um, so it was email. Essentially, I was I was having to rely on email an awful lot of the time to keep up with people. That was interesting because I had a friend from the UK who I'd been friends with for a number of years who actually was now moved to San Francisco. Um, and uh, I was attempting to meet with him in Laos. And uh, Laos is uh, an amazing place, but it is not highly technologically developed. Right. And so attempting to arrange to meet with him when neither of us had mobile phones simply by emailing each other and trying to slowly yes. well i'm here well now i'm here and we're slowly tracking each other down and getting slightly closer and closer and it was a pretty amazing experience um finally meeting up with him after chasing each other for two days by email wow. <laughs> and i pulled up on uh, a boat it was a tiny little um 
almost like a canoe with a motor boat on the back of it at a place in Laos called Sifan Dong, which means 4,000 islands, I think, or 5,000 islands. It's, uh, it's this river delta with loads of islands on it with these little uh, little hotels on the, uh, all made out of sticks, no running water, sticks, wood, no running water. And I pulled up on the boat as the sun was going down and my friend Mark was sat on a veranda sipping a beer with one waiting there for me like he wow. knew I was going to turn up. I suspect what he had to do was order two beers for himself. Uh, told <laughs> him he was waiting for me to turn up. But yeah, so go. it was possible and it was a little bit more analog. And when it worked, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Being cut yeah. off from that sort of communication is is, is pleasant. Um, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not beholden to your phone. In the same way that right. because you're away for that long, you're not beholden to work. And all of a sudden, you have that freedom, um, you know, despite the fact I've got to get to Kathmandu to catch a flight on the 16th of March, you, you do have a, a great degree of freedom. Um, right. and, and, and that is certainly uh, liberating. Absolutely. So what was the one thing that like the one place or the one event that you attended that surprised you that was, that was more than what you expected? More than what I expected. Um, I mean, Laos is pretty special. The, the two, uh, Laos is so beautiful the, the jungle there is amazing the food was incredible basic in some ways but it's, it's, everything was so fresh and delicious mm. um, the people there were so incredibly friendly it, it, it's a country that you know uh, yeah Laos La was just a, a real palate cleanser it was very uh, laid back a real kind of slow pace of the days um, and just a wildly beautiful country the other one was uh, actually Wellington in New Zealand. I just thought mm. it was the funkiest city in the world. It was, uh, you know, some some really cool bars because <laughs> I, I like to have beer uh, and 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 a, a really nice kind of laid out and planned city. I just thought if I was going to move anywhere in the world, you know, I'm a pasty white guy. It can't be too hot. And Wellington <laughs> yeah. pretty much hit that sweet spot. It wasn't there too wet. Temperature was pretty good. I wasn't going to burn to death. So I, I thought Wellington was pretty spectacular. Yeah. What was the one place or one event that disappointed you or didn't live up to your expectations? You, you know, I, I, I think I've already, already mentioned that I, I went back to India on my honeymoon, but it took me about five or six years to kind of work up the gumption to decide I was going to do that because India was a culture shock. It is so noisy and um, every single one of your senses in India is being assaulted at every second. Um, you know, in the middle of the night, um, there are packs of dogs running around wild, howling and barking in the streets in the middle of the city. Um, you know, you, you, your nose is being assaulted all the time by sometimes wonderful smells, sometimes less wonderful smells. Uh, I don't know, you know, it, 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 weirdly, I, I don't want to insult too many of your listeners, but I remember when I went to San Francisco for the first time, um, and walked down one of the streets in the city centre down by the Tenderloin and the smell of hot urine uh, very quickly reminded me of India. <laughs> um, so India was amazing. I had a wonderful time, but it was very intense. And when I got to Nepal, it was uh, a real relief. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I was just underprepared um, for what India was exactly. It's a hell of a country. And I, I went back again, as I said, on the honeymoon, me and my right. wife had a wonderful time. I, I wouldn't by any means want to put people off going to India, it, it, but it, it's a continent, you know, subcontinent technically, but it is a big place with a lot to see, incredible diversity of cultures, right. but it is intense. What's besides like maybe planning more, as you said earlier, what if somebody came to you and you were having this conversation about attempting this or doing this, what would be the one thing that you would tell them that they needed to do 
or should, or should do to help prepare them or to, to make a more fulfilling trip like that? Well, there's two things. Like you say, apart from planning more, there is planning more, but as we kind of touched on, there's also planning less. You've got to go right. with the flow um, and, and, and take, go. yes, you're seeing the places, but you're also meeting some wonderful people. And if you can stick around with those people for longer, then do so. Also, you're always going to underestimate the amount of money that you're going to spend, uh, <laughs> particularly when I, uh, you know, started off in regions of the world which were less expensive and finished my trip in Japan, New Zealand, Fiji, and the States. And right. of course, uh, I, I, so I needed more money at the end. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're going to do it without working, then you should probably overestimate uh, the amount. I mean, you're, you're easily going to underestimate the amount of money that you're going to spend doing that. But yeah, plan less and plan more in terms of your reading about where you're going, yeah. uh, you know, about the cultures and the languages and things like that. But in terms of your actual movement, plan less, like, you know, plan very little in terms of that. Yeah, it's kind of like the slow travel movement. I mean, I, I think I think linked to that as well is is, is to to say yes, because uh, there mm. were a number of things that happened to me and that I experienced while I was away because um, I, I was specifically attempting to be more open to doing that. Um, a, a friend of uh, mine had, had died shortly before I uh, went on the trip, and uh, one of the things that we did was uh, make ourselves bracelets in his memory. Mm. I don't, you know, the bracelet. What would Jesus do? Uh, we made ones which said, what would Davey do? Mm -hmm. And the answer for that would be to say yes to any experience that was presented to you in the given moment, to live in that moment. And consequently, I ended up being invited uh, on many occasions by locals in, in lots of these countries to their homes, to their houses, uh, to the places of worship sometimes. And, and, mm -hmm. and, the, and particularly with things like places of worship, I had an amazing time in Nepal when I was up in the mountains oh, and I got wow. invited to a temple. And it was it was a big trek to get there through the jungle. Um, and I, I was a little bit uneasy because I'm not a religious person. I didn't want to insult or, uh, you, you know, uh, cause anyone any concern. But actually, it was a really incredible, peaceful. Uh, I, I'm not even spiritual. I don't want to use that word, but it was uh, it, it was a remarkable thing to do. It was an incredible thing to see and share with those people. And I think possibly in a previous life i wouldn't have necessarily said yes to that because i would have felt uncomfortable but yeah. you know people want to share these things with you and you should say yes yeah no doubt nick this has been a great conversation uh, we could probably spend at least three episodes talking about this can you tell me before we get off of here what's one thing left on your bucket list that's completely different than like travel and that kind of stuff that you still want to cross off Gosh, I mean, the problem is quite a lot of them are kind of related to travel. Sure. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I want to cycle coast to coast. That's kind of traveling. When I say coast to coast in the UK, I mean, east, west. I'm not mad. I'm not going to try and cycle north to south. I'm not good enough for that. I mean, but I suppose that's travel related. I, 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 I want to eat at the Fat Duck in Bray. Have you heard of the Fat Duck? No. The Fat Duck was previously rated the best, best restaurant in the world. I don't think it holds that title anymore. It used to spar for the title with El Bully in Spain. Um, and it's run by a, a guy called Heston Blumenthal, who is something of a celebrity over here. It, it, it's been three or possibly four Michelin stars for a number of years. And he, he does stuff like, uh, he, he, he plays with the senses. He makes what looks like a bowl of fruit, but actually, and this is going to sound disgusting, it's made out of uh, meat paste. And when you huh. bite into the apple, it turns out to be made of pate. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, course, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm a and textural eater. For, uh, <laughs> he's, he's famous for making snail porridge. 
Um, and obviously, it all sounds a little bit out there, but apparently, you know, I, I, I like to eat well, and apparently, yeah. it is something else. I've been to a few nifty restaurants, but haven't ever been to the Fat Duck in Bray, so I definitely like to do that. You said it's in Bray. Yeah, it's a, it's a village uh, in in the UK. Um, it's in Hertfordshire, I think, but don't quote me on that. It's down south from where I am. Um, okay. So yeah, the Fat Duck in Bray. Wow, is it? I'm, I'm guessing four star Michelin. It's probably pretty expensive. Yeah, I, I mean it is, but you know, it, I, I feel really you know some of this terrible uh, middle class guilt about this sort of thing sometimes. But it's not like we do it often. We, we, right. And, you know, me and my family are not well off but if we if, you know when you're talking about an experience which stays with you for years and years which some of the restaurants we've been to have been i think you can justify that kind of bill once every year or so you yeah know, when you're talking about four or five hundred pound a meal or something like that it's pretty extreme but then you know you, you pay three thousand pounds to go on a holiday somewhere and, right you know so yeah I'd, I'd definitely be up for doing that. I'd, you know, but other things that, are, again, they're kind of travel related, not outside the country. I, I want to walk the length of the United Kingdom. I have looked into that and done some preliminary research on that. Um, but yeah, I, I have a 21 month old daughter. So that has been yeah. on the back burner for quite some time, I suspect. Well, it's good that you <clears throat> were able to get some of this out of the way before that happens. Uh, and, and there's always time, right? She's two. Yeah, absolutely. She's two. You've got 16 years. So, you, you know, you'll still be able to do lots of stuff for 16 years from now. I'll Nick, put her on my back and take her with me. There you go. Hey, I'm all about that. I, when I walked the Camino de Santiago, when I would see children, I would just like freak out because I was like so happy to see parents engaging at that level. And I stopped a, a British um, man and his daughter that she was 12. And I just said, I said, can I just talk to your daughter for a second he's like yeah sure and i was like i just want to let you know your dad's like super cool you may not feel that way right now <laughs> but this is a pretty amazing thing that he's doing for you and one day i hope you really appreciate it and she just smiled and said yeah. i do so and we wound up having <laughs> second breakfast together so it was awesome but um nice. but yeah I, I love i love it when people um expose children to to that kind of travel and, and that kind of experience Nick, is there any place online that you would want folks to check you out or anything like that? You know, this is where I'm totally useless to you, Roger. I'm oh, no, you're fine. As, as I mentioned before, <laughs> I, I do not use social media. No worries. Uh, other than, you know, anonymous Reddit yeah. and uh, WhatsApp and whatnot. No, I have nothing to promote. I have no social media. I stay away <laughs> from that sort of thing. And I think my mental health is all the better for it. So that's I, what I recommend to your I listeners. appreciate you coming on the show and wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I enjoy the podcast. It's it's uh, it's really enjoyable. I like the concept. So yeah, wish you luck uh, with it going forward. Thank you, Roger. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list.